remember my the, first the remember my first Diane when I whipped the ad mat against the wall and yeah. screamed the F word <laughs> in the middle of a full gym. Yeah. yeah. I remember that when you said yeah. the first the first uh, benchmark workout I did this, I immediately thought of you doing Diane. No, you were there. You were there that day. <laughs> and I, I was like, flipped my shit. <laughs> yeah. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. Guys, happy holidays. We are having a holiday kind of week over here, and we are going to take a week of rest and spend some time with our loved ones and our families. And we wanted to come back with a awesome episode for you guys going into the new year, one that we really enjoyed recording and one that our audience really enjoyed hearing, which is about how to choose the correct weights for your workout. Yeah, we thought this was a really good one heading into the new year for you guys to listen back to, kind of get some some pointers for how to choose a workout going in, or how to choose a weight for our workout going into the new year and how that would vary. There's some really good discussion in this podcast about how much time we should be spending in the gym as well, or how much is the necessary time to spend in the gym or resting between sets. So it's got a lot of information packed in there. It's one of our favorite episodes. And you guys said one of your favorite episodes. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. And we will see you after the new year. Well, hello and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Oh, that was a thick, thick thighs. Yeah, the, thick. I really felt it. Quarantine <laughs> thick. I really did feel the thick size save lives in that intro. I've been thinking about it lately. <laughs> Get it, girl. I just love it. I love I lo- it every day. Loved too. it for the past two years. I love it for the next five. Same. <laughs> so, have you been starting any projects? I told you, I, I remember saying at the beginning of the of the apocalypse that I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm getting all these projects done that I have been meaning to get done. And then like it was like flat line. Like I I started strong with a lot of projects and then I was just like, you know what, nothing matters. And but now that the weather has turned a little bit, I'm trying to get out trying to get outside every single day. Soak up that vitamin D. And Obviously, the thing right now is I need to get some gardening done, but I have a three-year-old. So your gardening setup looked pretty awesome. (laughs) I set up like, well, anyways, it's sort of hard to keep uh, a three-year-old in quarantine amused every day with the, you know, the limited amount of things. We only have so many toys and we don't get to see anybody or go anywhere. So I set up this like, I don't know, (laughs) it's like a theme park (laughs) my front yard. It took me a pretty 
hot minute to set up. And so I'm like, okay, this is great. He's, I get the steam park. He's going to go. I'm going to garden, whatever. And all that happened was he was super impressed with the setup and just wanted me to play with him in the setup the entire time. So nothing got done. You didn't get it done? I felt like that was a winner. I mean, I, I dumped, I haphazardly dumped a couple bags of mulch and then he like kicked it all into the grass and <laughs> I was just like, you know, never mind about all of this. But I just, I, I'm just trying to, like a lot of moms, I'm just trying to make sure I spend enough time realizing that like, this is all fine. We're all fine. We're all doing it. We can, we're going to make it. And if the theme park in the front yard doesn't go just exactly the way you hoped it would, then there's always tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I've been seeing like, I think, I think that your process of like, yes, I'm going to organize all these things and like not so much. And now the weather's turned a little bit. So maybe I'll get on my things. I think that's like such a normal process for a lot of people. But I think that if you spend any time on Instagram or social media, you look at the other people's projects and then you're like, I'm failing miserably. Like I've seen the, like, you know, the jars, like, you know how you take all like the, take all of your like rice out and you put it in a jar. Every, (laughs) every item you own in your house needs to be in a clear mason jar. And if it's not, if your, if your rice is in the box it came in, (laughs) what the shit are you doing with your life? So I like have been seeing all these people and I'm like, damn, they're doing it. They got all the things in the jars. And <laughs> like, it's really fun too. It's late rice. As if you couldn't see in the clear. It's a glass jar. You need rice. And if it's in the ugly Uncle Ben's thing, you just, just throw <laughs> your shit out. Like, just get out of here. You don't even, you're not even part of it. It's not. <laughs> well, I think one thing I just want to remind everyone those are always highlight reels, guys. That person, I don't give a shit. One place has dirty laundry in their house. <laughs> like falling out of its whatever. Or like under the sink is somewhere not in their perfect baskets. So <laughs> like just know that that's always a highlight reel. And don't be too hot on yourself if your things aren't in their jars. Um, because it just happens. And for me, like projects... Projects are always a good start. I'm a good <laughs> you start. <starter>. Strong. <laughs> I start so strong. I wake Not up and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so ready to do this. And if you guys know anything about, you know, a story I told when I decided to reupholster my couch one time, there were two couches. One got done. The other one <laughs> was like still in the old upholstery, you know, and you I threw it out one. before it yeah. actually got finished. I never actually got finished because that was such a big project. Well, I know right now that you have dedicated yourself to this Pinterest um, palette, outdoor furniture extravaganza. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an extravaganza. It's going to be. It always is. You started. (laughs) I have a palette sitting outside right now. I can see it. (laughs) And like I put some of I was like spraying it with some finish last night, but I need another palette because the extravaganza is layered palettes. Okay. Because it's going to be a couch. Excuse me. 
I also tried to, you know, I bought these lights. I was going to hang them up on my porch last night. And I started one, um, one of the, the things into the ceiling. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm done. Where's my wine? <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I dropped three of the staples and I was like, oh, forget it. <laughs> Another day. Another day. Well, we're not going to talk to you guys about projects today, but we felt like you missed us because we had a couple guests on. <laughs> so, that's your excuse? That's yeah. all right. Well, I like it. I'll go with it. Today's episode is going to involve a lot of questions that we get from our Facebook group regarding uh, the time in the gym, what um, that should look like, and the amount of weight you should be doing to maximize your results. We see like probably, I would say, two of the most common questions that we get is how much time? do I need to be in the gym? And how much weight should I be lifting? And how do I know like it's enough? Yeah. And we are going to cover, we are going to cover what working sets are. I know that's been a big question in our group. What the hell is a working set? What, what am I supposed to do in between? Why are you taking so long? Um, (laughs) Do you just walk around in between? So we're definitely going to dive in to your workouts. And give you some some actionable tips um, to maximize your time and your efforts there. Yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes where you can take things from it immediately and start employing them and say like, okay, this is like a huge knowledge bomb that I sort of just, well, because I know for me, when I first started at, at the gym, I, I was at a global gym. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, dedicate myself to, you know, fitness. And I remember, and I, I know you told me this before this episode started, that you were this exact same way. I remember going, I had this sort of routine, you know, I would go around to this, you know, back and buys, whatever, chest and tries. And I would get to the machine and I knew right away what my setting was. And for months and months and years and years, I would be putting my machine on the exact same setting. And I think that looking back on that, it's it's really a weird thing that I never really, I got into this routine and I started, well, when I do the machine assisted pull-ups, I put 90 pounds on. That's what I do. And I got into this rut of like, I started looking and saying, why am I not seeing any progress? Like, why am I not like seeing the aesthetic things that I want to see? And didn't even look at the fact that I was never progressing in any of my weights. Like you said, I go to leg press and I put it on a hundred and that's what I do every single time. Yeah. I think that when you're first starting out in the gym, there's comfort in routine, right? There's comfort in knowing what you're supposed to do next, what maybe what number you're supposed to be on. I think there's some comfort in that, but that's really where the gym gets so mundane and just it gets in people's minds like a piece of their work day. I go there and I do this thing and I pass in my paperwork. I go to these machines on these days and I do this number and I just get through it and I get home and I move on. And I don't really see progress or as much progress in my body or my feeling, but I'm also not seeing progress in my weight. So why would I therefore see progress in my body? So I think it's just that disconnect of starting a routine, but then also seeing progress and 
keeping it interesting and keeping it fun and getting moving and getting to see those gains. We kind of throw these words around without a full understanding of like seeing some gains. What does that look like? What does that look like? How does that translate? That's what we're going to break down in today's episode, how to make gains for real, for real, because there is a process. And I think you're absolutely right that the number one thing that people want to feel and where the brain feels very comfortable is in routine. And it's it's a very comfortable thing. And although we want your time of fitness to be routine, like brushing your teeth, you know, same time every day, you you make sure you get it done. Your sessions should be anything but routine. Yeah. They should never look the same. They should, you should never be sort of stuck in this route of like, these are the only exercises that I do week after week. We believe that so much. It's your husband though, or your, your partner. Wait, we're switching partners every week? <laughs> no, because you keep the same partner doesn't mean you have the same conversations over and over. Oh, it wow, that, was a, that was not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> but that would get extremely boring. But that doesn't mean you don't throw out the partner. You don't throw out fitness or going to work out, but you mix it up. You keep it interesting. You get a wig. <laughs> you get a wig. <laughs> you order some Fredericks of Hollywood and you get a wig and you keep it interesting okay so that's so I mean we believe this so much obviously we named our company after it which it's constantly varied constantly varied always but what we want to really hit on today is when you're when you're talking about like choosing, okay, so let's say you're an ultimate beginner and you're looking at like, well, how do I know? How do I know what weight to choose? How do I know when to move up in weight? I don't want to hurt myself. I want to be moving appropriately with appropriate form. How long should this be taking me? Like how much time do I need in the gym to get what I want out of to my result life mm-hmm. yeah. and to, to have a, to live a fit life, to have a fit body, to have no limitations to what my body can do. Yeah. How, how long should that take in a session? And I think it's really, it's super important as a, as a beginner. And then to think about, okay, I have my routine set and now I'm looking at adjusting the time. A lot of people think that the more, so like the fitter you get or the further you move along in your fitness journey, the longer you're going to be spending because you're going to, you need more fitness. And I think that's a really common misconception. I think things can take longer as your fitness improves because, um, you know, you need time to build up in weights and we'll talk about that. But you don't need to spend more time to get fitter. You know what I mean? Like you don't need now two hours because you have been working out for a couple of years now. So now I need two hours. What is it? Next year you need three. The year after that you need five. Then are we going to be working out 24 hours a day? <laughs> is this how this that would be like your ultimate dream. Would <laughs> no, but I think that we need to definitely keep in mind that fitness is not osmosis. You don't just hang around the weights and get for the longer amount of time you hang around that like fitness is absorbed. Because we often hear from women, well, I have this friend and they spend two and a half hours at the gym and I just feel like that they must be really fit. Amount of time in the gym does not equate to fitness. 
okay, what we're looking at, just like everything else in your life, it's not the amount of time, it's the quality that is the time. So when we look at gym sessions and how long they should be, typically don't work longer, work smarter. So we want to make sure that our sessions are looking like really productive uses of our time. And we are not thinking that being here for longer amounts of time and sort of strolling around and being the mayor of the gym and whatever, spending, you know, exorbitant, exorbitant amounts of time on the cardio. You know, I gotta, I gotta have a full hour of cardio and then I gotta have a full hour of weights. That is not the most effective way to use your time. So um, your session should be about 60 minutes. There's really no need for anyone to be like, like the goals that we said, aesthetically happy with yourself, fit and have no limitations, what your body can do. There's no need for it to take more than an hour. If you're doing everything that you need to do in a session. Yeah. From a general, from a general fitness perspective, an hour is a sufficient amount of time to get what you need to get done. Now, one thing that I want to add in there, which I think is an important point because a woman asked in the group, she said, I was talking to this guy at the gym and, you know, he was saying, you know, he spends, I don't know, he was spending like two hours there and she was like, but he's doing the same number of sets, but he's resting in between sets significantly longer. So I I just want to talk about that for a second because as we, I think for women especially, we get there and we're like, okay, so I have five sets of eight, for example, and I'm just going to, I'm going to get the bar and that's my first set. I do eight reps and now I'm going to put it back. Now I'm on my second set. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. As much as I want you to get reps in, we need to slow that down and look back at quality because men have been taught from the first second they entered the gym is that building muscle was important. And that's when they realized that they knew that resting between sets was important because they needed to build muscle. Women had a different memo. They were told the faster they move, the longer they move at a slower pace is where they were going to get smaller and aesthetically more pleasing. Now, if you listen back to our metabolism episode, you'll really understand why building muscle is an important part of your fitness journey or just looking at the at your skeletal in general and thinking about protecting your spine. We understand why building muscle is important, but The idea that we need to increase weights and then rest before we come back to the weights is something we really need to work into our brains and like reevaluate how we're approaching a set of eight. If you're having a conversation (laughs) or you're breezing through your strength session, it's not a strength session. Bingo. (laughs) So, okay. I I love that you brought this up. This definitely leads us into our next point, which is a lot of women are wondering, okay, when I start a strength session, so I'm going to be lifting, I am working on building strength. What weights do I choose? How do I know where to start with the weight, where to end with the weight? How do I know if I went heavy enough and how much rest, you know, should I have between sets? So, all right, really important. We want to talk about warm-up sets versus working sets. So like say in Kelsey's scenario, you went in with some programming and it said you have five by eight back squats. Okay. So you're going to do five sets of eight reps. Great. Great. 
what we're looking at here is never taking the bar off of the set, doing your first set and calling that a working set. Okay, that's not a working set. That's a warm-up set. If that's your first set of squats for the day, that's the first time you've squatted with weight on your back, that's not going to count towards your working sets. So you have five working sets. That's what the programmer wants from you. Five sets where you're moving the most you can with good form for eight reps. So you'd never be able to move the most you can for eight reps in your opening set when it's the first squat you've done all day, right? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. We need to work up to our working sets. So let's say you have your five by eight scenario. The first thing that you would do is you would warm up with a weight that felt very comfortable for you. Most people, that would be an empty barbell. Some people, if you're really just starting out and you're a real beginner, that could even be a PVC pipe or air squats. That's fine. But you need to do several sets where you build to your working set. So your first set might be an empty barbell. Then you might put on a little bit of weight, let's say, um, 10 or 20 pounds on each on each side. And then you do another warm-up set, right? Your warm-up sets do not have to be eights, right? Just because that's what your working set is doesn't have to like your warm-up set may be 10. It may like gradually decrease. That's what I like to do with my warm-up sets. I start with a bigger number and then I work down to where my working sets are gonna be to my eight. And then You want to keep on adding weight until it starts feeling difficult. And that's going to be at a varying point for everyone. As I said, maybe you get the empty barbell on your back and you're like, okay, this is a difficult set for me. That's fine. But you have had several warm-up sets before then that you have felt like, okay, now I've built to my first set of eight where I feel like, wow, this is tough. That's your first set. Yeah. And I'd just like to expand with if you are a beginner and you're like, okay, the bar is my working set maybe, or like just with fives or two and a halves on the, on the bar. That's my, that's my working set. Cause that's challenging for me. So if that's where you are when you're, um, and you're a beginner, you're, still expending a ton of energy to get yourself through those sets. So if you say, I can't go higher than that because my form breaks down, what you are really doing when you're warming up is more like a tempo. So when I say tempo, and I'm just really talking about you slowing down a little bit because you're you're new to the movement, so you're feeling it out. So you should be able to, on your descent down into a squat, for example, it's controlled. You're feeling through every part of the movement. You know, you're new, so you're checking that your three points of contact are with your foot are making contact with the floor, and you're working through the entire movement the entire range of motion at a concentrated pace. What I like to always say with beginners is like when you're like warming up, you at any point I should be able to say freeze and you should be able to stop right in the movement. Like if you're going so fast in your warm up or your movements as a beginner that you couldn't freeze at any point in your movement, then you're not concentrating enough on your movement patterns, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I I think that's a really important part because as you're, so the, the amount of time, like as we talk about, as you get stronger, it takes you a little bit longer to work up to your working sets because you just have to build in weight. You know, like if I'm in a back squat set, I don't just throw 
you know, I don't just throw 185 on the bar. I work up to that. I, you know, still start with an empty barbell. I sit and then, you know, I'm adding, put 85 on, 125. I'm adding weight as I go. But, and if you're thinking, well, it doesn't take me that long to work up to my working set. It's still taking you time to feel out your movement because you're still building your your movement pattern and it's a really important time to build your movement pattern so that when you come back to that next week you're probably going to be adding some weight so like what we like to say you know about beginners is it's a great time because you're PRing all the time you're PRing lucky, lucky you yeah, lucky you you are you are in. but that is if you're you know paying attention and you're increasing weights all the time and not just saying well when i back squat I back squat 65 pounds. You did one time. <laughs> Maybe next week you're back squatting 75 pounds. You know, so just like looking at reevaluating that every week is a really important part of your training. Absolutely. So when you are thinking, when you're looking at your programming and you're saying, okay, I'm doing four sets of six reps, just make sure that you are realizing that those four sets should all be heavy, whatever that means for you, difficult, whatever that means for you, and they should be strenuous. There should be no set, even your first set where you're flying through and you're like, okay, ready to go in 30 seconds, which brings us to our next point. How much should you be working in, uh, sorry, sorry, I keep thinking working sets. How much should you be resting between your working sets? So like that example that you gave, Kelsey, the guy is going around and he's taking two hours at the gym because he's resting an exorbitant amount of time probably in between his sets because he's got a shit ton of weight on the bar, right? Because that's what men have always been told. Put a shit ton of weight on the bar, exert yourself to maximum capability, rest a lot, <laughs> take a nap, <laughs> Mull Don't around. worry, someone else will do the laundry and then, <laughs> and then go back and do another set. Whereas I think you're right, like women have been shown like little weights and tons of reps and no rest and hurry up because there's laundry waiting. So I think that we definitely need to dive into how much time is appropriate for you to be resting in between your sets. And this is if it's not already programmed for you. Like a lot of people will say um, you have a time dressed in programming. Like you only have a minute in between sets. Now, obviously you would adhere to that. hundred percent. And that's a different stimulus, right? Like that's a, that you're, then you're looking at a totally different stimulus. So like for our programming, a lot of times there will be a programmed rest in between. And that is, that is for a reason because we're looking to shorten your rest, keep you on a clock. And that is a totally different stimulus than a pure strength session. I know there's like so many things to think about right there's now. But so like, many things. But it's because it depends on the type of training that you're doing and we're going to cover so many. But you'll come out with a really good idea that if you're in a strength portion, if you're saying I'm lifting weights right now. So when you go into something, you say like, what am I doing right now? What's my what's my desire that I'm getting out of my this portion of my session right now? And if it's a strength building portion, you know that if you're putting the bar down and coming right back in 30 seconds, you're not in a strength portion. 
It's just not strenuous enough. When we want to build muscle and we want to create those kind of gains that everybody's always talking about, that has to be done under strenuous conditions. You got to be struggling. It's got to be difficult and hard and heavy. And there's no way it was difficult and hard and heavy if you came back in 30 seconds fresh as a daisy. Yeah, you ready for your next set of eight? (laughs) You should be like, so... The ideal rest between sets, I like to tell people if we're looking for like sort of a one size fits all, is 60 to 90 seconds. I would say if you can come back in anything under a minute and be ready to do your next set, we need to look at what the level of strenuous that your your lifting is at. If you are taking more than 90 seconds, you're sort of dillying a little bit. I mean, now I'm not talking about going and gathering weights and stuff because again, more advanced athletes, like if they're going to be putting 200 pounds on the bar, that's like a lot of trips back and forth, a lot of lifting just to get the weight on the bar. So they might need a little bit more time in between sets. But if you're a typical person and you're loading up your next wait in 30 seconds, you really shouldn't need more than a minute after that of just like recovery, catching your breath because everything should have been tight for all of those reps and eats a lot of reps. So you should like be out of breath. Your muscles should be fatigued. Like it should take you some time to get back up. Uh Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important just to to think about if you're giving your full attention to the bar during those or, you know, the dumbbells or whatever it is you're using during that portion of your reps, like you're giving it your full attention, you're going to know and need the rest. You're going to know. You're going to say like, as soon as I approach the bar, I'm not talking to anyone and I'm not like my head's not going all the other places. I am thinking about specific things during this lift. If I have five reps, six reps, whatever, during that time, all of my attention is spent there. And then I can check out for a second, but you'll know that like, I, okay, I need rest. And when you approach the bar again, it's, it's all business. Right. It's all a good point. Uh, Not only do you physically need rest, but mentally you need the rest in between sets because all of the things that we're thinking about for points of performance when it comes to let's just pick a back squat, the amount of concentration that it takes to be like, okay, three points of contact, knees driving out, make sure the chest is up. Like you're thinking of so many things it's like exhausting. Once you re-rack the bar, you're like, phew. <laughs> and then you're going over all the things you didn't do. <laughs> you're like, oh man, I cut the last rep. My chest dropped a little. Okay. And I'm going I'm to give it a break. It should be mentally and physically exhausting to complete a set. So much so that you need at least a minute to recover from that and be able to come back fresh for the next set. And of course, when we have programming where it's asking for climbing in your in your sets, you would be adding weight in between sets as well. So that's going to take time too. And I want to just make sure that that is also really clear, especially for beginners. Because something says five by eight, there is nothing ever, unless it's written in the programming, that should be preventing you from adding weight each set. Now that can be a little bit of weight, that can be like more substantial jumps, but if you're if you're in your working sets, you should be trying to increase your weight so you get to your heaviest set that you possibly can. By the end, you're like, I 
couldn't do another back squat. I, no, I couldn't even stand another back squat up at this weight. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important to track too when you're tracking your workouts and you're maybe you're on a cycle where it's increasing in reps or in weight uh, each week. And you can look back and say, okay, if last week I started at 65 pounds and maybe I ended at 85 and that felt pretty good. Like you felt pretty good and you start warming up and you say, okay, maybe this week I'm going to have my starting weight is at 70 and I'm going to end maybe at 90 or 95. Girl, (laughs) now that's gains. That's gains. (laughs) And you can see them immediately. Um, And I think that, that, that um, especially for beginners, like you just don't get, you know, if you, if you walk over to the dumbbells every time and you say like, well, for, you know, my bicep curls, I always use twenties. Like, no, there's no, I always use this thing. It's I used that last week and three weeks ago and maybe four weeks ago, but that's not going to be your always. We're looking to make gains, right? That's not going to be your always weight. So along that line, we we often get the question of when it comes time to start a workout. Now, if you're in sort of a more CrossFit or cross training type of programming, what you'll typically see for a session is a warm up a strength portion where like, like we gave the example, you know, you're doing five sets of eight reps of back squats or overhead presses or whatever. And then you get to a part of your workout in your session. That's going to be a time session. This is, we call in, in TTSL, we call it a, a Metcon. It just stands for metabolic conditioning. This is where you're sort of like pushing the envelope of what you can do. You're working out for time. You're now these are going to have weights in them if you're doing cross cross training type of things. So you're going to see kettlebell swings, you're going to see deadlifts, and you're going to see whatever else in, in this metabolic conditioning. One of the most common questions we see is, how do I know what weight to choose in a Metcon? Like, I know I can swing that kettlebell, but like, should I swing it in a Metcon? Like, is that appropriate? When do I know when it's time to move up in weight? Like what, what's the process of choosing weight in a Metcon? And I think a lot of that just comes down to understanding and beginning to understand the stimulus of the workout, which a lot of times your coach or your programmer will, will tell you like the, the, Stimulus I'm trying to get from this workout. This is a lightweight that you can move maybe 12 to 15 reps. We're moving through very quickly. That means that we are really working on conditioning at that point because the your weight is not going to be the thing that slows you down. If you have something along the lines of when you see a skill in the middle of a workout, so when you see something like just for examples of a skill would be pistols, handstand push-ups, any kind of like muscle ups or um, gymnastic movements, the skill is likely going to be a limiter. So <laughs> very likely for many people that that is going to be a little bit of a sticky point where you're going to need some time during your workout to just prepare yourself for the skill. If you see a heavier weight, 
than you typically do, you know, then that will be more of a limiter there. But what I think the main, you know, the main thing is we have these general guidelines. So if you are around, you know, a beginner, you are around these weights. And if you're around an intermediate, around these weights, if you're advanced, you're around these weights. Those are not written in stone that you need to stick to. At some point, you're going to be between a beginner and an intermediate. That doesn't mean you make that big leap to intermediate. That means you move closer to getting to an intermediate weight, maybe. And maybe you're using some portions of the skill could be intermediate and some could be in a beginner level. You know, we don't all... We don't all start at the same place. We don't all progress at the same place. And some of our skills may progress faster than others. We may progress in skills quicker than weight, or we may be gifted with being able to move some heavier weight and be limited more on a skills portion or on body weight um, movement. So I think that's a really important just like to open your mind a little bit to think like, okay, am I moving towards this? Am, am I moving towards, you know, more of an intermediate? And what's the weight I could find in between? Two weeks ago, I was swinging a 35 pound or a 25 pound kettlebell. Could I do a 35? Like, and if you see a workout and you're like, okay, this is a set number of time. We, we have AMRAPs. Um, if it's, you have that set number of time that you're going to be working for, it's a really good time to push yourself on skills or a weight because you know it's going to end. <laughs> You're going to get through it. <laughs> it's going to be 12 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. Saved by the time clock. Domain. <laughs> the time domain is. And if you pushed your weight or your skills a little bit during that time, uh, you got better. So I, I think that you bring up a really important point and as, as always, we don't fit in any of these boxes, right? In TTSL, we give suggested weights because um, it gives people a jumping off point, right? It, you don't want to list a workout and then say like, just a uh, free weight, choosy, choosy, like whatever. I mean, we want to give people some kind of place to jump off and say like, well, I'm a beginner. And if you are a beginner, here's where you might think about starting. But here's the thing. As Kelsey said, you can be a beginner with overhead movements. Like you haven't previously worked those a lot in life and it's been a real source of weakness for you. But like your legs are strong AF and you might be moving the advanced weights in back squats, but you might be doing the beginner scale for the handstand pushups completely fine. You do not need to hold back your back squats and say, well, I'm just a beginner, so I got to do the light back squats. Like, no, you don't fit into a box. You are a complete human and you should be doing things to the best of your ability wherever you're at on whatever movement. So one of the ways that I communicate with my members about what my desired stimulus for a workout is, is through the suggested weights. So for example, if I want a, a workout to be light and fast, and I want people to be gassed out at the end, but not at muscle failure, just like their metabolic conditioning is completely gassed. I will tell them through the suggested weights that I want it to be light. The advanced, like I'll, I'll have a deadlift workout, for example, and the advanced weight would be like 95 pounds. The intermediate weight would be 65. The beginner weight would be 35. That would indicate across the board, hey guys, I want this to be light. 
So if you're typically a beginner athlete and you say, well, for my one rep max, I once did 95. So should I do 95 for this workout? No, (laughs) no, because I've told you across the board, it should be light for everyone, no matter what your ability level this should be a light, fast workout for you. Now, I'll also tell people through my programming that I want it to be a slow, heavy, difficult workout where you might be lifting in singles, like that kind of workout where you're not going to be able to move fast. And I tell you that again through the weight suggestions. It'll be heavy across the board. For beginners, it will be heavy. And for advanced, it will be heavy. Like it will be at the at the top capability. So if I say, you know, we've got a uh, overhead presses workout and it's supposed to be really heavy. And I indicate that through like that you see that the advanced weight is like 115 or 95 pounds, you know, it's like, okay, all right, we're, we're in this for the long haul. We're lifting heavy today in this Metcon. I'm not supposed to be flying through this. So I think that when, um, cause people are always sort of wondering like when, when do I push it? And when, how do I know what Rachel wants from me for this workout? Always just look at the weight suggestions. It's going to tell you what I want from you. And then you decide how you're going to go about achieving that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great point of just, um, of not, I think what the habit of people get into is they feel like they're in the beginner range. So they always just look at that one, what all those modifications of scales that are just right there for them and don't look at all three. Don't look at the beginner. Isn't that the same as when we used to go to the gym and put 100 on the squat machine every single time? And it's the same thing, right? You just kind of get stuck in your routine. I'm this and this is what I do for that, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's just, we like that routine, but don't think like, okay, how am I, how am I going to push it? How am I going to get better today? How am I going to get stronger today? How am I going to get a little bit faster today? And I think it's really with opening up that range and looking at how you can progress. If you usually do jumping, maybe you usually do jumping pull-ups for your modification for pull-ups. Maybe we need to get a band on there and start doing pull-ups with a band and working on really building that strength because you've got the jumping pull-ups down and now it's time to move on. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you know when it's time to move on? Because I think that is a super common question is like, okay, I, these workouts are all really hard. (laughs) So, I mean, it's going to be hard either way, but like, how do I know when I start looking at other people's workouts and I go, wow, I finished this like way faster than everyone else. That's a good indicator. That's a good indicator right there. I have a personal story that's kind of funny. Not funny, but I'll just share it with you guys. When I competed for the first time, when I competed in a scaled competition and I, when I won the competition, I came out and Mark for the first time was like, so you can't compete scaled anymore. You won. <laughs> you won. And yeah, you won. So I went on to lose about a million RX competitions and be in the bottom three. But the fact was, is that I had reached, 
had reached the end there. Okay, you won, you won this. That's the same as your daily workouts. You're going, you, you're doing your modifications and you're going much faster. Now you gotta take that step into the next one and you kind of start at the bottom again, right? Like you start with the, the heavier weights or a harder modification and you're like, oh man, now I'm going way slower. So I'm, I moved up in the things, but now I'm going way slower than everybody else. That's, that's what happens, man. That's <laughs> such a funny thing because when you reach the pinnacle of like, oh my God, I'm the best at beginner. It's like, okay, now you have to go be the worst at intermediate. <laughs> and, and it's like, sometimes you're, it's a frustrating thing, but in actuality, what we're looking at is constant improvement. And when you're the best constantly at something like what fun is that like what fun is it to go to every scaled competition and blow everybody away and win that's not fun you want to be challenged right so some indicators that you're ready to start moving up in weights or moving up in difficulty level or modifications in your workouts are a if you look at around at everybody's time and you are like significantly faster than everybody else great indication that your scale was not appropriate. We saw this a lot with the first day of the Murph training. We said, okay, we're going to do 50 push-ups for time. Now, our target time for 50 push-ups, these, again, what we're talking about, this should be difficult. By the end of the 50, you should be at twos or singles. They should be so difficult. And we had people posting times of like, I did this in 45 seconds great indicator that that scale was too easy for you. Congratulations. It's like a really big day when you realize that a scale is too easy for you because you're like, oh my God, this is huge. I'm so much better. But it's also an indication that you're not working at a difficulty level that's going to bring gains, right? If you're doing 50 push-ups in 45 seconds, that's more than a push-up per second. <laughs> you're not <laughs> you're not in a strenuous situation, right? So you can't make gains that way. I mean, we need to be pushing our muscles and our and our metabolic conditioning to the max it can where we're like at failure. So we got to move down the scales. We got to move up the weights. And another way that you can tell if it's time to move up in weight is, of course, we always track everything with our workouts. And if you're looking at like the same back squat weight for like months, it's not appropriate anymore. It, I mean, especially in a beginner. Beginners PR every day. They, I mean, they <laughs> because they're just getting used to what their bodies can do, like they are, they're, they're limitless. They have like no ceiling. So you should never be looking at your weights and seeing like the same thing you were doing months and months ago. It should always be increasing. And if it isn't, then that's how you know that you're sort of holding yourself back in the amount of gains that you can make. Absolutely. And once you once you start moving along there too, especially talking about strength and it's if it's okay to fail in your gym, failing happens. I just <laughs> I feel like I need to I need to say that, especially when we go on the internet. You never people never post their fails, <laughs> except me. They never post their fails, but you can rest assured that anyone who's ever made gains ever has failed that movement. 
They have absolutely failed it. Probably hundreds of times. <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of times. Before I PR'd a back squat, I had to have failed that weight a, a hundred times. You know what I mean? And then when you finally get it, you're like, I've been trying for this. Or you wanted to get a set of five and you got four and you, you know, failed the last one. But it's okay because you're going to come back to that weight in the next week or the week after. And, and, you, and you might be ready for it then because you got all of the reps leading up to that. So don't be afraid to fail as you know, as long as it's okay in your gym, of course, and fail appropriately. But don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, because that's that's how growth is made. And that goes across the board for everything in your life. So working out is never going to be exempt from that. Everything in your life, if you want to get better at it, there's going to be a learning curve and there's going to be tons of failures that are going to proceed the big giant achievement. On that note, when we're talking about moving up in weights, I do want to mention, as Kelsey said, that when you move up in weights, there's going to be a nosedive, right? When you move up in difficulty level, there's going to be a nosedive. I remember the first <laughs> workout that I, uh, it was a benchmark workout that I was going to, I'm going to do it RX. And I remember finishing last and last by a long shot. Now, Here's the important thing. We don't want you working so far out of your realm that you're finishing last every single day, five days a week in every single workout. That means you're not scaling appropriately or if you're not finishing a workout. That means you haven't scaled it appropriately. However, there are going to be workouts where you say, all right, I'm going for the big dog weight today and you're going to finish last and that is okay. You need to be okay with that and you need to realize that that last place finish or that like taking like several minutes longer than what everybody else is, those are building blocks that are going to bring you to the next level. And those blocks cannot be built if you just continue to finish the, the fastest time or if you, again, are getting the most reps in a workout, like blowing people out of the water, those are not ways to continue to move up. So um, there's going to be workouts where you finish last. That's appropriate. It shouldn't be every single workout. And also you can cho- you can pick and choose. Like you can say, you know what? I've been really working hard on my toes to bar lately. This workout has toes to bar and it's in an AMRAP format. And I know I'm going to suck and be last, but you know what? I want to try, I want to try to throw in some toes to bar today. Yes. Yes to you. Because there are going to be those workouts where you struggle and grind and you're like doing singles and people are blowing by you. And that is appropriate. It's okay. Yeah, I think. I think that's just a, that's a good one to think about, especially with, with skills too, is just when you're, when you've been working on a skill or you're, you've dabbled in it and like, when's a good time to put it into a workout as a general rule, AMRAPs are a good time to put it into the workout. Double unders are a big one that I hear that a lot with is like, okay, I got the single unders. I can do a hundred single unders straight, but I've only got two, three, four double unders maybe. And I want to try them in a workout. And the first time you throw them in. (laughs) Oh my God. It's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a shit show. You're going to be filled with whip marks. There's going to be swears coming out of your mouth that you've met. Like people, the humans on this planet have never heard these swears before. They're like in an alien tongue. It's like, it's going to be shit show. 
Yeah, maybe that's just that's just may just be us. Yeah, just us. Remember my first remember my first Diane when I whipped the ad mat against the wall and yeah. screamed the F word <laughs> in the middle of a full gym. Yeah. I yeah. remember that when you said yeah. the first the first uh, benchmark workout I did this, I immediately thought of you doing Diane. You, you were there. You were there that day. <laughs> and I, I was like, flipped my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's because you at a those skill level before that would have crushed it, finished first, whatever. And then you made a decision to, you know, up up the ante a little bit and finish last, but then it pushed you to the next level, just like it always does. This is literally just like every other thing in your life. You know, when you apply for a job, that's a little bit of a reach for you. And you say like, okay, but I couldn't I do it? Can I try? Um, can I get those skills? And you have to throw yourself into it sometimes within your capabilities and say, I have some of these skills and I'm going to go for it. And that's when you get better. And that's when we really grow. And I just, I always relate fitness always back to everything that we do in our lives because we're practicing, you know, we're practicing resilience, we're practicing growth, we're practicing all of these things that we want to also practice in our daily lives and what better way to do it in our daily routine. What better way? Because you know what you'll you'll find, you'll end up finding when you go on a limb and you say like, ah, screw it. I'm throwing in toes to bar today or I'm throwing in something that is like, is really going to be difficult for me and I'm going to finish last and it's going to be a grind. I'm taking this chance. You know what you'll find is like in your life, when it comes time to be like, all right, should I take this chance? You will, because that behavior will be practiced. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, I did it in that double under workout and, you know, I'm still here. I'm still kicking, even though I said some words that. And you're putting the money on you, right? Like you're putting the bet on you and your capabilities. And you're, you're just saying like, well, I believe in me. In a sublimit, like in a, in a like under way of like throwing in those double unders, you're saying, well, I believe in me. I believe in my capabilities and I might fall flat on my face, but I'm, I'm betting on me. And I really feel like that's an important thing that we all need to start doing. Like, oh yeah. In everything. I'm betting on me. Love it. (laughs) I think the last thing that I want to discuss is a little bit for more of an advanced weightlifter or an advanced athlete is just like what happens on a day say you've been crushing you've been logging all of your weights and you've been doing 95 pounds for your back squats and you're crushing it and you come to a day and you're like you put 95 on the bar and you're like holy fuck shit This is not this weight heavier. Wait a minute. Is I've, this walked, I've walked around the bar before and been like, huh, this doesn't feel like it usually does. Is somebody is somebody like injecting my weights with extra? Like, what Can is someone that? else count this? I must have not counted this right. But there are those days. And and the fact is, is that, again, what we said for beginners is it's eh, they have just like no ceiling because they're they're just at the very beginning of their capability. So like they're PR in every day. But when you get into the grind and you're you've really sort of found out what your maxes are and where your difficulty is, there are going to be days where you put 
a normal working weight on the bar and like you're like, there is no freaking way I'm standing this up. And what I want to tell you about that is that A, that's normal. And B, it is 100% fine to strip some weight off the bar on that day because we need to meet our body where it is on whatever day. I mean, there's a gazillion factors that could go into why you cannot lift what you normally lift. And the fact is, is that none of those are changeable in that moment. So you can say all you want. Well, I'm just going to like plow through this and I'm going to do this even though I have no business doing this today and like risk hurting yourself. Or you can meet your body where it's at and say like, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to back a little bit off on weight today, but I have something else that I want to be working on thinking about driving my knees out or thinking about really squeezing my glutes when I'm at my full extension or whatever. And that is okay. Yeah. And you're still getting, you're still getting some volume in some days when that happens to me and I have to like sit down on the box and I'm like, okay, I'm not at my percentage that I'm supposed to be at today. And I don't know why. And then I start kind of like, you know, getting down on myself and it's just important to think like, okay, that's not going to be that number today. It's not, it's not there. It feels so much harder and this is just a day and it doesn't mean forever, but this is what it is today. And I'm still going to get some working sets in. I'm still going to get some volume in and I'm going to get better today. I might not be able to hit the numbers I want to. My brain and my body are not working together and that's fine. And you're not going to hit it. And that's totally okay to do. And I want to hit on that just for a second too. With If you've been working out for a long, if you've been working out and you have these numbers that are your PRs, but you've taken a little hiatus. Maybe you have some time away from the gym right now with our environment being what it is. A lot of people aren't getting to the gym. The day that you get back into the gym is not the day that you left, right? A lot of shit's happened in between. So if you've had an injury or whatever it is, like you've had some time away, you don't come back with the expectation that you're going to hit the same number that you hit the day that you left. Inappropriate. It's inappropriate. That's a different body. You don't go off those percentages. You go, you start where you are today and work up to a heavy for the day, maybe, but you don't go off of what was six months ago. That's how you get hurt. And when you start to come back and you see this happen with so, so, so many people is that they take a little bit of time off and they finally get the energy to come back into the gym and they get hurt immediately. Immediately. Yep. Yeah. It's because, you know, we don't treat ourselves like we haven't been there for six months. We kind of like in our minds, we're like, well, I could have hit this before. Okay. That wasn't yesterday though. And your body's not prepared. For and that. even if it was yesterday, that's still not today. It's not today. So you got to meet your body where it is and you got to listen to it. And, and I think that that is something that more advanced athletes or athletes that have been doing it a little bit longer definitely struggle with, but need to keep in mind. Ego check. (laughs) Big ego check. Big ego check. So, um, hopefully this has not only helped you to think a little bit more about what you want out of your sessions of the gym, but also has helped you structure your your sets and your work at the gym to make sure that you're really maximizing what you can do. We want to be working harder, not longer. So we definitely want to make sure that when you are thinking about these gains and building strength and unracking the bar, that 
when you're under those circumstances, there needs to be a level of duress and there needs to be a level of like that this is the most that you could do for this day. And um, you should be tired. Yeah. You should be crushed. Give the bother respect, you know, it has your full attention for this period of time. For those reps, it has your full attention. During the Metcon, it, that has your full attention. Maybe it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. That has your full attention during that time. And if you need some help with structuring your programming or you want some examples of what like a good Metcon looks like or you or just you need some help with like, okay, um, I know that you said that I can sort of surmise what the intended stimulus is through the suggested weights, but like I still need a little bit of help more on top of that. Get in our Facebook group. We have tons of great workouts for you to be participating in. We have paid programming that is a possibility. And we also have a full coaching staff that will help you to explain what you should be getting out of a workout and where you should be at and maximizing that 60 minutes that you've got to be the fittest human that you can be. Yeah. And not quite as mundane. It can be interesting. You can get a wig. You can get a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to that. (laughs) All right, guys, have an awesome week. We love you so much. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.